Come on. This episode is brought to you by Money Alignment Academy. If you are looking for a financial wellness platform for your company, your organization, and your employees, check out moneyalignmentacademy.com or click on the link in the notes of the show. Welcome to Lifeblood. This is George G, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Sir Ronald Cohen. Ronnie, are you ready to do this? I am, George. Excellent. Let's let's go. Ronnie is the chair of the Global Steering Group for Impact Investing. He's the co-founder of Apex Partners. He is the author of Impact. It just became a Wall Street Journal best-selling book. He was knighted in 2001, and he is known as the father of social investments. I'm excited to have you on. Ronnie, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. So my, my story started in Egypt, funnily enough, where I was born, and I left Egypt as a refugee at the age of 11 after the Suez uh, crisis, which some of you may know about, and went to the UK. And uh, in the UK, I, I was lucky. Uh, I found a great uh, teacher who prepared me for Oxford, and I was uh, given a break in life. Uh, and from Oxford, I got into Harvard Business School and discovered venture capital there, uh, George. And venture capital was for me a way of doing good and doing well, of creating jobs while making money, which I needed to do to look after my parents. But I came to realize after two and a half decades in in uh, the field that the gap between rich and poor just yet kept getting bigger and bigger. And so it set me thinking about impact investment and how to reduce that gap and improve our planet. So that set you on a path. And I'd be remiss if I did not ask what what the experience of becoming or, or being knighted was in 2001. Well, it's an amazing experience because you go to Buckingham Palace uh, and uh, you're knighted by the queen with a sword. You have to be careful about your ears. Uh, <laughs> um, and for somebody who came as a refugee in the UK to be uh, knighted uh, because of my services to venture capital, uh, as you can imagine, was a huge uh, satisfaction. Yeah, I would imagine it's borderline on an overwhelming experience. So, <laughs> uh, but 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 certainly well deserved. As, as you are going along and you recognize that there's this gap between the rich and the poor, and that's um, certainly still present, if not more present today than it ever has been, what are, what are your thoughts on just, just the current state of that? So everybody thinks, uh, George, it's uh, due to our political system somehow, but actually it's due to our economic system. If you think about it, a system where companies try to make a profit in every way they can without worrying about the damage they cause to people or planet on the way doesn't bring solutions to the great problems we face. And while capitalism helped us to pull billions out of poverty, 
the consequences of it are so great today that even governments can't cope with it. They can't tax us enough to remedy all the harm that's been done. And so it brought me to realize that the world had already started moving in the direction of saying, look, you can't just make profit alone. You've got to make profit and deliver positive impact on people and planet. And then I realized you can't really get companies to do that if you don't measure the impact. And so over the last uh, two decades, I've really been working in this direction, first inventing tools of impact investment, and then realizing that they put us on the road to impact economies that balance risk return and impact, measuring the profit and the impact. And today the Biden administration is making the right sorts of noises about this impact transparency. I hope it's because they realize that they need it if they're going to achieve their climate and their social goals, because they won't have the tax revenues they're going to need to cope with the increased unemployment and poverty that comes from it. They need to bring companies and investors alongside to bring solutions. And today they have $40 trillion of ESG investing, environmental, social and governance investing, which seeks to achieve more than just profit, George. It wants to achieve improvement in, in lives and the planet. And so there's a major opportunity in the US for the administration now to require companies to publish their accounts impact weighted, showing their profit before and after the impacts they create through their products, through their employment and through their operations. This strikes me as one of those problems that is certainly overwhelming to the average person as as I'm sitting here and I was just kind of going through everything I'm like oh my gosh how do you even get started uh, so how how do you tackle that so you get started by first of all buying only the products of companies that aren't doing harm and preferably are bringing solutions by doing good you don't work for companies that are creating harm. And then you shift your investments to ESG investing, where you've got the intention to do good, and to impact investing, where you add to that intention the measurement of the impact that you know that you achieve. Uh, you get uh, your parents, if you don't have a pension fund, to write to their pension fund manager and say, hey, I don't want my portfolio to be polluting and using uh, child labor. Um, so show me investment opportunities that deliver market rates of return, but avoid these types of, of companies and companies like uh, tobacco companies and uh, and others that are creating that are creating harm. But at the level of government, George, you start by saying, hey, this impact transparency on what companies do is now a human right. Uh, investors want to know that impact, but so do consumers like you and me and many who are employees and you know, who are listening to us. And so we need to bring the things we do and the things our political leaders do together now. 
And it's a bit like the 30s, frankly. In the 30s, we had a huge crash, the Wall Street crash, the stock market crash, and people realized they didn't know how much money companies had been making. The accounting had been up the creek. And so <coughs> the US government uh, under Roosevelt introduced uh, transparency on the profit of, of companies through regulations and created the Securities Exchange Commission and so on. We want to do the same thing today about the impacts of companies. We want impact transparency. Do you see hope for the future? Are you are you positive with what the current with with uh, with what the Biden administration, how they're messaging, what they're saying, what they're doing? I'm optimistic because I see it coming from everywhere now. Uh, the things we've been describing were started by young people, right? But now everybody is you know is thinking yeah, that way. Forty trillion dollars is a third to a half of all professionally managed money. So that makes me optimistic that uh, this can't be a flash in the pan. That's the direction the world is going. And the reason it's going is people have become more sensible about how we can solve the big climate and social challenges we face. It can't be just through government taxing and trying to redistribute. It has to be through companies and the investors who fund them doing the right thing. And if you measure their impact and everybody can compare, then you say, wow, if ExxonMobil is polluting from its operations to the tune of 39 billion and Shell is polluting to the tune of 23 and British Petroleum to the tune of 13, I want to invest in BP. You know, and that's what's happening actually. Investors have actually shifted because they realize these companies aren't going to attract the talent or the consumers or the investors who are going to be worried about these companies uh, losing consumers and uh, talent, but also about government when this transparency comes and it's, it's, it's already started, um, actually being taxed and regulated directly. So you see, George, we're really on the threshold of what I call in, in my book, Impact, to which you've kindly referred, an, an impact revolution, a bit like the tech revolution, building on the tech revolution. Yeah, that certainly makes sense. And that's it, it's good for, for just individuals like, like me to be able to get my brain around that. And I know I've been having a lot of conversations about having ESG and impact investments inside of um, 401k plans here here in the United States and that's certainly something that that people can be doing is start insisting uh, that they want those to be available with, with within their retirement plans in terms of um, something that is certainly in the news um, the Paris Climate Accord and perhaps I'm using the wrong language there's just just international conversations about climate uh, are these are these are moving in the right direction from your estimation <clears throat> now they are. Uh, for about four decades, we talked only at the level of governments doing things. And we didn't really progress very much, as you know, because world temperatures have continued to rise and we see floods and uh, desertification and uh, fires uh, you know, across uh, the globe. But I think what is beginning to happen now is people are beginning to understand this point 
that we have to change the behavior of companies. And so we're coming bottom up on climate. We're saying we have to shift companies now to uh, zero pollution by a, you know, a certain period of, uh, of, of time. And, and that is what's going to make the difference. And how, how has the business community responded from, from your estimation? So in the U.S., the Business Roundtable, which uh, represents, uh, you know, uh, 130 plus uh, major companies came out uh, a year and a half ago saying we're shifting from worrying about shareholders only to worrying about all stakeholders. In other words, employees, suppliers, society, the planet and so on. But if you look at what has changed in the behavior of these companies, virtually nothing. And that's why I say we must measure. You can't manage what you don't measure. And so if you think about it, if you're going to measure in a different way every company's product impact and employment impact and environmental pollution, you won't be able to make comparisons. We need the same thing we have in financial accounting. We need the same basis for everyone. And only government can impose that. So that's why I say there's an opportunity now, just as there was with the Roosevelt administration, for the Biden administration to bring this transparency. It would be the biggest thing they could do to achieve their aims in climate and improvement of uh, diversity. And I, I imagine in, in, in the book or just in your work in general, you've laid out what these parameters for measurement are. Yes, indeed. Uh, and, and there have been 150 different initiatives uh, over the years, each one crafting a particular piece of uh, the puzzle, uh, George. And now the final bit, the picture on the puzzle, has been put through an effort at Harvard Business School, which I'm proud to chair, which is showing how you take tons of carbon and liters of water and you turn them into dollars and how you turn lack of diversity and differences in gender pay into dollars and how you turn into dollars the pollution created by your vehicles or the plastic wrappings of your food products. And you bring them all under a single language, which is dollars, enabling all these comparisons to be made. So those who are interested you can go to the Harvard Business School site and you look for the initials IWA, Impact Weighted Accounts, and you'll see thousands of companies' impacts. Nice. Impact Weighted Accounts. Appreciate that. How do you think about, um, for lack of a better term, more emerging economies like China and India and just how, 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 how that all fits together. I think um, COVID has accelerated the view that we really are a single interconnected world and that you can't solve many of our problems by focusing on a single country, even if it's as big as the United States. Uh, COVID is coming back uh, to places that have been vaccinated through new variants from South Africa, from India and from Brazil right now. And so I think we have the opportunity 
to do things globally in a much uh, better way um, after COVID. And technology is a great help to us in, in achieving that. So if you think in terms of, uh, of COVID itself, uh, obviously we have to create uh, vaccine capacity in emerging countries so that people can get access to large quantities of, uh, of vaccines. Um, I've written about how we can go about funding this so that it happens quickly. At the same time, George, you know, as I know, without education, with 800 million kids in the world out of school or not learning in school, uh, without education, we can't make progress in emerging countries as fast as we want. So let's address education through the new tools of impact investing. Instead of just trying to raise tax money and philanthropic gifts, let's actually raise investment to tackle these, um, you know, these major uh, issues. Uh, and, I, and I cover uh, in the book uh, the creation of outcomes funds that pay for improvements in education through contracts on the back of which delivery organizations can raise investment capital. Uh, these are big changes we've not had before. Securities where your return depends on an improvement in education or an improvement in homelessness, or an improvement in prisoners not going back to jail. I imagine that that certainly the younger generations are extremely excited about the potential of investing in things like that. Totally. The younger generation gets it. Uh, both of uh, my children uh, are, one's an impact uh, entrepreneur, One's an impact venture capitalist. My son-in-law is an impact entrepreneur. I find the younger generation has really got this, really understands it. Thank goodness for that. Otherwise, that would make for icy holidays if they were, uh, <laughs> if they were all fracking or something like that, Ronnie. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I love it. Well, Ronnie, the people are ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them, sir? May I suggest that you all read Impact, my book, Reshaping Capitalism to Drive Real Change. Uh, the ebook is available really cheaply. I want everyone to be able to afford it. All of the royalties are going to Impact Charities. You'll understand there why what I'm saying describes what's happening in the world. If you're going to be a a, a, a leader of a venture, you need to bring impact into the picture or you won't have as, as good a chance of success as those who do. If you're going to work for a big company, you need to understand what that company needs to start doing. And you have to fulfill your obligation to influence the management. And if you happen to be working for government, then help us to get this done. Well, I think that that is great stuff that definitely gets to come on. Come on. Ronnie, thank you so much for coming on the show. Where can people learn more about you? How can people engage with you and your work? So you can go to my um, website uh, under my name, uh, Ronald Cohen. You can sign up under Impact Revolution um, to uh, help us to achieve uh, these goals. It reminds me so much of the early days of the tech revolution. 
and the tech revolution wouldn't have happened without young people. Love it. Well, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Ronnie your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to Ronald Cohen, R-O-N-A-L-D-C-O-H-E-N.com. Pick up a copy of Impact in the of Impact Revolution wherever you buy fine books and get involved. Thanks again, Ronnie. Thank you very much. All the best. Bye. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together.